Look what Peter says in 2 Peter 2, verse 19. They are slaves of destructive habits, for a man is a slave of anything that has conquered him. I read recently in the paper that Americans are hooked on the idea of having addictions. These days, almost anybody might have an addiction. If it's not the drugs or the alcohol, then it's the food or cigarettes or exercise, shopping, I know some touches you some of that, to work or the video games, habits that were once called compulsions or just plain weaknesses are now described as addictions. There's a new monthly magazine called Lifeline America, dealing with your addictions. They claim that they deal with more than 200 different kinds of addictions, have groups for most of them. One article said Americans, they're 2.3 billion pounds overweight. Doesn't that make your day? Forgive us this day our daily bread, we might pray, instead of give us this day our daily bread. Heard of a new diet that just come out, it uses tranquilizer candies. You don't lose any weight, but you don't care. Today we want to look at nine spiritual steps from God's word to break a habit, or no matter what the habit might be. Because when you break a habit, there's a spiritual part, an emotional part, and usually a physical part. These nine steps help us to deal with the spiritual and the emotional parts. So number one in your notes, begin today. Yeah, you begin today. You can see that the acrostic reading down is break free. So you begin today, not tomorrow, to break free. Have you noticed that more people are planning on a diet tomorrow than they are today? Look at Proverbs 27, verse 1. Solomon says, never boast about tomorrow. You don't know what will happen between now and then. He is saying, quit telling yourself, one of these days, stop procrastinating. Stop postponing. See, the truth is that it's only going to get harder starting tomorrow. So in your notes, delay. A delay makes the problem worse. Looking at Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4, if you wait for perfect conditions... You'll never get anything done. So how many of you found that to be true? Sure. If you want to break a habit, you're going to find a way. And the person who doesn't really want to change, they're going to find excuses. So number one, begin today. Number two, refuse to blame others. See, if I want to break free from a bad habit, I must refuse to blame others. And that problem is as old as Adam and Eve. Adam sinned. He took it like a man. He blamed his wife. Eve made me do it, he said. But I'll never get any better unless I accept personal responsibility. I must admit that it's my problem. Look what Solomon says in Proverbs 19, verse 3. Some people ruin themselves by their own stupid actions. Then they blame the Lord. Who do you blame? Your parents? Your husband? Your wife? Your teachers, your children, your boss, or the devil made me do it. To break free, I must assume responsibility for my life. I have said this before in your notes. When you blame, you are just being 
Blame. And that's how you spell blame. B-L-A-M-E. In order to break a habit, you must quit excusing yourself and quit accusing other people. The number three in your notes, examine my life. In order to break free, I must examine my life. I must take a personal inventory, do an internal audit, a frank evaluation. Ask myself the questions, where am I weakest? Where am I tempted most? What are my frustrations? Look at what David said in Psalm 32. My dishonesty makes me miserable, filled my days with frustration, until I finally admitted my sins and stopped trying to hide them. Then God forgave me. And all my guilt is gone. So I have to stop pretending. I can't cover up my faults. I have to come clean. So in your notes, denial. Denial prevents healing. So you have to admit it. And God will forgive you. And that's a great verse and promise. We do it in confession and absolution in our worship. We admit that we have a problem. The problem is here and the promise comes. God will wipe out the guilt of our sins for Jesus' sake. So after God's examination of our human condition, God formed a plan. He gave his son as a sacrifice for man's sin. So the focus was on the cross, where the wrath of God against human sin was displayed. We examine our lives in the light of the law. We have here the promise, God forgave us all of our sins in the gospel. So begin the day, refuse to blame others, and examine my life. In your notes number four, ask Jesus to control my life. So you ask Jesus to control my life because... Jesus is ready to help. And we need a power greater than ourselves in order to change. Look at Romans 6, verses 12 and 13. Don't let sin control your body any longer. Don't give in to his sinful desires, but give yourself completely to God, every part of you, to be used for his good purposes. He's saying that the solution to any addiction is the choosing your nose the right master. Every day you are being controlled by some master, other people, drugs, alcohol, food, money, worries. But as a Christian, we're to ask Jesus, ask Jesus to control us daily. WWJD is a good reminder, but what would Jesus do? Instead of some other master, you invite Jesus to control your thoughts and your actions. The good news is that Jesus wants to give us, through his word, life and joy power and his peace. So we really do matter to God. God has a purpose for your life. His plan is always good. We just must listen. To break free, begin today, refuse to blame others, examine my life, ask Jesus to control. And number five, in your notes, keep away from the temptations. Keep away from the temptations. That just makes sense. If you want to don't want to get stung by the bees? You stay away from them. You need to avoid the situation where you are tempted. On the back of your notes, look at Romans 13, verse 14. Don't give any chance to the flesh to have its flame. That's clear. You don't let the flesh have its flame. He's just saying, don't put yourself into tempting situations. If I have a problem with drinking, I don't have a stock bar in my house. If I have a problem with lust, I don't go to those newsstands that carry that stuff. 
If I have a problem with overeating, I don't drive my car through a drive-thru. Stay away from the things that cause problems. In fact, I'm looking for someone to invent something for your refrigerator. That every time you open the door, it weighs you. Wouldn't that be good? So don't put yourself into situations where you're going to be tempted. Teenagers, don't wait until you're in the backseat of a car to say, do I want to stay pure? Don't wait until you're sitting at a bar say, do I want another drink? You decide to avoid it in advance. You plan your dates in advance also. Kids will sometimes say, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You need to plan. Either you're going to go by your plans or you're going to go by your glands. You need to flee temptations. See, our problem in your notes, our problem is we don't leave forwarding addresses. Temptation will follow. First five steps tell us how to break away from temptation. Based upon the word free, we want to conclude with four positive steps. In your notes, number six, focus on something better. You just focus on something better. Solomon says in Proverbs 4, please read it with me together out loud. Be careful, you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. See, the Bible says that the spiritual battle for sin is fought in your mind. If you want to change your habits, you start with in your mind. Whatever captures your attention is going to capture you. You sit down there at Bud's and you say, I don't want a hot apple pie that's dripping with ice cream, cinnamon, and flaky crust. You're drooling all over. In your notes, whatever gets your attention, like advertisements, they get you. The key thing here, focus on something better. Don't say, no, no, I'm not going to look at that pie anymore. I'm not looking, I'm not looking. Rather, use what we call the principle a replacement, where you refocus your attention. You replace your new thoughts for the bad thoughts. When temptation comes calling on the phone, you drop the line. You don't argue and engage the temptations. You must refocus. Refocus, you see, whatever you concentrate on you, you gets you. Number seven, in your notes, you restore, you restore broken relationships. The seventh step is very important. Because anything out of control in your life is also hurting someone else. Anything out of control is hurting other people. When we have addictions, we begin to manipulate other people around us to fulfill those addictions. We end up causing grief to ourselves and to others. So we need to make those things right. You ask for forgiveness. You make repairs. Look what Paul says in Romans 12, verse 18. Please read it with me together out loud. As far as your responsibility goes, live at peace with everyone. See, Paul is saying that you do all that is possible to make things right, to live at peace. Because if you're going to change your needs, you have to be, have a clear conscience. In your notes, you will need God's grace. You will need God's forgiveness in Jesus. First of all, to touch your own heart, but also touch others through you. It's Jesus' ever-flowing grace and his mercy that gives us power to change over the long run. So to break free, begin the day, refuse to blame others, examine my life, ask Jesus to control my life, keep away from the temptations, positive steps, focus on something better, restore broken relationships. So in your notes number eight, enlist a support team. The eighth biblical principle to free from addiction, enlist support. We all need reinforcement. We all need that support. 
looking at Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 10. Please read it with me together out loud. Two are better off than one, because if one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, there's no one to help him. That really makes sense. What he is talking about, the law, the law of diminishing intent. The law of diminishing intent goes like this. In your notes, as time passes, the best intentions fade. January 1st usually starts off with the best of intentions for a new year. There's lots of new year resolutions, but soon the best of intentions fade. You're back in the old habits. And how do you deal with this? Well, you need support. You need a support group. You need friends. So I'm challenging you to support others in their walk with God. And you need that support also to change. You're not alone. Two are better off than one. Then in your notes number nine, I need to extend myself in a ministry. In order for lasting change to take place, I need to extend myself in a ministry to others. And that's the value of Bible study, the value of a small group ministry. That's the value of the Stephen ministry providing caring support. Look at 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4. Read it, what, read, read it with me together out loud. Christ helps us in all our thoughts. using the same help that we ourselves have received from God. This is saying that God allows us to go through problems and troubles, even the ones I bring on myself. And he helps us through those problems so that, so that we can then turn around and we can help others with the comfort that we have received. God wants to take you, your greatest weaknesses, the things that you even don't want other people to know about, and make them as an opportunity an opportunity for you to serve him and his church. God wants to help you through your problems, through the bad habits, through your addiction, help you overcome it so that we can help you with the ministry to help others. God never wastes a hurt. So my prayer is that you gain a new vision, a new vision of some of your hurts, that you permit God to give you a special ministry, a ministry, say, through the Stephen training program, a ministry through your Bible class, in order to extend you in ministry to others. So in conclusion, we want you to break free from bad habits. Begin the day. Refuse to blame others. Examine your own life. Ask Jesus to control your life. Keep away from the temptations. Focus on something better. Restore broken relationships. Enlist the support team. And then extend. Extend yourself in a ministry to others. Looking at Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. Please read it with me together out loud. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. This is my dream. My dream for St. John Lutheran Church. See, the church in your notes is a hospital. The church is not to be a museum for saints. It's to be a hospital. Hospital for sinners and for those who are sick. So if you want to be like Jesus, then carry each other's burdens. Restore those who are trapped in sin. We need to more and more carry each other's burdens. That's the church who cares for the sick. A church who loves them. A 
church who heals them hurts because that's what Jesus has done for each one of us. Amen.